Welcome to the On3 Podcast, where we talk about the mission of Grace Church and the moment we're in. Hey, this season, uh, we're discussing how we can stand in the difficult intersections of life with young adults. I'm your host, Michael Marshall, and we're grateful and thankful to have Michael Phillips here, as well as Pastor David Black, and we're going to kind of talk a little bit about young adults and kind of what they are, what they do, why it's important, all the things. Um, Yeah, thank you guys for being on. Awesome. Excited. I thought he was going to talk first. Oh. It's going to be good. Um, so I think it's important to first kind of define this. And so that kind of question I've got, uh, there seems to be always a, a fluctuating group of people, right, that we mm-hmm. consider young adults or even young professionals. Uh, could you guys, I don't know, one of you, both of you, kind of talk through what that is, why that is kind of thing? Are you a young adult? I am a young adult. Okay. Yep. Right in the middle of it. How would you, if someone said, hey, you're a young adult, you'd own that? I would own it. Why? If I were in an Uber and a woman looked back at me and said, oh my gosh, you're such a young boy, I would say, yep, I'm young. But you're not in college. But I'm not in college. But are college people young adults? But college people are young adults. Mm. And young marrieds are also young adults. With Um, kids? Even if they have kids, they are still young adults. I would say young adults are between ages 18 and 35. Okay, that's a wide range. Um, that is a wide range. Yeah, that is the range that I've more recently, I, I've heard that recently consistently used Yeah, these last several months. Um, I think in part, that's because, let's say 18 to 23, you're still figuring out life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, You can still live on your parents' insurance, but you can also make other decisions that will influence you for the next 20 years. Um, whether you recognize the weight of those decisions or not, it's a whole other deal is a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. And then 23, 24 to about 20 or 29, you're starting to experience the decisions you made tangibly, whether you just got out of school, maybe you're not in school and you're still trying to figure it out. Mm. Maybe you've taken some risks and, uh, now you're finally in school for the first time. You decide to go late. Even 24 to 29, you could have been married once already or yeah. started to have kids. Uh, it's not uncommon for me to meet someone within a couple years of me and being asked if I have kids, if I'm married, if I'm divorced. Um, and then 28 to, to really 35, you could still be figuring it out or have just figured it out and started getting into a stride of the thing you've come to terms with mm-hmm. wanting to do. For the and rest of your life. I hear you saying there's similarities in all those categories, Very similar. but there's also large differences. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a guy uh, named James White who's done some work on this and he kind of puts them in those three circles that you just did. And so, yeah, I think it's helpful because when you say young adults, uh, immediately my experience is that when I'm talking to an older person, maybe forties and up, they're going to go, Oh, you mean you mean college students? And I say, no, 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 no. Uh, yes, them, but I'm not specifically talking about like what we would consider a college ministry. Mm-hmm. And I think another way of framing it is, let's say I'm young and in my early 30s, and I'm married and I've just started having my first couple kids. You know, 
if I'm someone, if someone who's about 50 or 60 is looking at me and I'm in my early 30s, they're, they're going to look at me and think, oh, you're so young. Yeah. You've still got yeah. so much to learn. Yeah. And I think that's another way that that further end of that scale is still kind of caught into that. So to clarify, right, Michael, you're a young adult. I'm a young adult. I'm 27 years old. 27. All right. So right. There. I'm technically a young adult, right? 28. David, you're not a young adult. I am not young. I might be an adult, but I'm not young. I'm, 40, I'm 41. I'm an adult, but young got is three kids. a descriptor. Our oldest is 11. Yeah. Uh, but young adult wasn't too far away for you. No, no. I can. I still remember those things briefly. You tell a lot of stories about them. I do. Well, they're great. formative. I think to your point, like yeah. the the decisions that you make in that time period, you live out those consequences. Mm. Uh, and that's not to say you're like faded to a life of uh, despair if you feel like you totally screwed that up. But it does mean that there are some things that can feel heavy that are heavy mm-hmm. uh, because of perhaps decisions and uh, paths that you began walking down, even if you're trying to say, hey, I'm walking back the opposite direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And arguably in that time frame, there's a lot of firsts. Right. Um, possibly first loss of a parent or grandparent, actually, um, is probably more likely, but many well, firsts. First I've, heard, I've heard that second group as being described as, so like if not, not college students, but also not young adults up in their 30s, I've heard that middle group uh, often referred to as trying on adulthood mm-hmm. like how can i yeah. see if it fits in different ways yeah now do you this just kind of prompts a spontaneous question in my mind do you feel like the young adult range of age right so right now we kind of qualified it as 18 to 35 mm-hmm. which is a pretty massive range right mm-hmm. uh do you think that's grown or changed over the last few years and if so why I don't, I mean I don't know like I the the teenagers didn't exist until the 60s but they did yeah but like that term and the way that people started talking about that hmm. it wasn't a thing you were a kid until you were Adult. 16 until you like went to war smoked a cigar went to war worked yeah. the farm no, or I don't know whatever yeah you were an adult when you were 16 because you would go fight for your country right. and you worked real hard and died when you were 40 from tuberculosis I yep. don't know I don't know but I think I think there's some uh, cultural and probably some people smarter than me would be able to talk about this of phenomena and specific things related to mobility, technology, mm. family yeah. uh, that would uh, create a unique, uh, specific experience to our time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think, I think you're right. I do. I do like that kind of like it's kind of it's expanded a little bit nowadays right like just because it's it's a thing but it's a very important thing especially in our culture today like to go through those formative years as a young adult you're like they're formative for a reason and for us to be able to define that clearly is important well and i think too the and maybe you're going to follow up but i think the experience is different for each person in that and so even though we might say, hey, this season's on young adults, mm-hmm. um, I think we're talking about, um, again, things that uh, apply to a large swath of people, but then also there might be somebody going who's listening and saying, that's that's not me. I remember that being me. Um, but I think what it does, uh, what that 
factor can do and what I'd be what I'm trying to say clearly is that it's very easy to feel isolated in any of those categories mm. because you can look at the others and say, I'm not that mm. I'm not in college anymore and I'm not trying on adulthood. I have a kid and what is this? Yeah. Or I don't have a kid yet, but I'm not in college. I'm behind mm-hmm. or I'm in college and everyone else has kids and is doing everything else. And I, I have no idea what I'm doing with my mm. life. Yeah. I think that's what I would have said is that I would push back and say 18 to 35, it, that range hasn't grown uh, young adults have always been young in that adulthood yeah. range. But I would say in that range, in the last 10, 20 years, there's more variation in what an individual may have experienced, mm-hmm. is experiencing, or what they're recovering from in that range mm-hmm. that uh, previous generations didn't either have a box for or uh, you were either married or you were not. There, I think, uh, previously, whether it's inside the church or outside the church, it would have been, you know, single or married. And then if you even consider a city, if you are doing a young adults ministry really close to a college campus or in a college town, yeah, realistically, many of your, your campus ministry may be your young adults ministry. And then if you That's get outside true. of college, you transition or maybe you married, married and left college all at once, that, that would have been the usual plan before. Yeah. And so you exited college, married with whoever you met in your campus ministry, got a job and then stepped into family groups or things that, Mm. that would have been for that season of life. And because a lot of those things along the initial route are not happening traditionally anymore. I think you just find people um, on their own different paths between 18 and 35 that aren't as linear as they were before. Hmm. Um, yeah. In some ways you're going around with a boat, picking up people on rafts mm-hmm. and going, Hey, where'd you come from? What's your story? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how can we help? Someone said it to me last week as, uh, they said, it's as if you talking to me, uh, they're talking about ministry specifically. It was as if you prepared for a really long venture up a mountain and your bag was packed for all the things you needed for the mountain that you were prepared for. Uh, but along the way, you found someone within every few miles who was very unprepared, who was unfit, or very various reasons that they were incapable of moving further along. Mm-hmm. But there was one specific thing in my pack that they needed in order to move mm-hmm. further down. Um, and while those needs had ranges and those people had different problems, that is what it feels like walking alongside young adults. Mm. Um, so you're yeah. talking specifically from a young adult ministry context that you were involved in, mm. which we can get to in a little bit. And presently. And in, presently. In Texas. Yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, now before, yeah, we go into more of that, like, uh, personal experience of young adults and what we've seen and all that kind of stuff. We're stating that we're wanting to stand in the difficult intersections of life with young adults. Uh, and David, this has been a little bit more of your heart going into that, right? And this is the first time we're doing a podcast about it and all kind of stuff. So can you explain a little bit of the heart behind why standing in the intersection of young adults? Yeah, I think that heart comes out of a couple places. Um, one being, uh, it's we're a campus of Grace Church, mm-hmm. like larger. And so... Yeah. If someone's listening, they're not familiar with that. It's somewhere halfway between multi-site and church planting. That's kind of what we do. And, 
Um, each campus has the responsibility, and we we own this, of asking the question, where can the gospel or the good news of Jesus be more clear, and where could it be more accessible mm. where we're located? Yeah. And so from the very start out of the gate, for us, as we began to ask that question, we start looking around and going, well, who's around us and what's our community and where could it be more clear? And I think when we started there, we didn't really know where we'd end up. Mm-hmm. Like We didn't look and go, oh, uh, we're uh, two miles away from a 30,000 student university. That has yeah. to clearly be it. Yeah. But I think as we put more and more flesh on that and put it together, it's like this heart for a people group mm. emerged. And um, honestly perhaps the most helpful thing and maybe the helpful way that I've thought about and talked about this with others and maybe other adults who are not classified as young adults is in the form of a country Mm. yeah. and saying, Hey, if you, if I were to talk to you about a country that had a 4% biblical worldview Mm. uh, and in which many people were not actively reaching, Mm. um, what would the people of God in the place of God with the good news of God Mm. do? Yeah. So well, we should probably reach that country. Mm-hmm. And so as, as you look into that, I, I think I was convicted um, personally more and more that like when you look around the way that our world talks about that category in mm-hmm. that country yeah. is not very hopeful or helpful. Mm-hmm. I think the, the larger message is um, it's they're not like their forefathers. Mm. Uh, and I know every generation complains about the next one. Yeah. But this is all I feel like compounded by the fact that um, no one is turning back around and offering a solution. Mm. This isn't like, oh, yeah, Jimmy's in our family. Jimmy's not like his dad, but he's part of our family and we're walking alongside him. It's I think it's more from the outside in mm. uh, going, get your act together, figure it out. And we're not helping them mm. in any way, form or fashion figure out this world yeah not that we have it figured out but like we're not even like handing tools back to them i think that goes back to the pack conversation maybe a little bit yeah i mean there are things that i am constantly surprised by where i'm like oh my gosh while my parents didn't teach me this someone did and i'm amazed across my generation or across that gap like this is not common knowledge Mm. And not just cultural terms, but like checking your tire pressure, mm-hmm. knowing certain symbols, knowing how to do your taxes is a common one that yep. you know is brought up. Um, so like from the biblical standpoint, wisdom is like learning to live in a limited world mm-hmm. as a limited person. Mm-hmm. And I think the message of your life is limitless is a difficult and dangerous one. I know why we say it. But it's not true. And if you live like energy and time and money and life is limitless, you 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 bear the cost of that. And then that's where I go. It's almost unfair because then we blame them for bearing the cost. And then when you live as a generation who is constantly consumed, yeah, where there's no limit, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's formidable to believe that that's what you need to pursue, or that it's attainable for you, because you're only seeing the extent of people's success. So maybe one thing we've done here, and I'd be interested to hear what you say, Michael, is try to describe a little bit some of the needs of that country specifically. Yeah. And so I might just list it and see if you have anything to say. And if you don't, 
just say next or whatever. Great. So we said, one of the things we said is uh, this country or this people group is confused spiritually. 100%. But they all grew up in church in the South? Like, tell me how to figure out that one. Well, I think you almost have to recognize, even if you've grown up in the South, you may not have been taught by the church. And it's true. the things that are teaching you are no longer in your Sunday and Wednesday rhythm, rhythms. They're in every margin where you can pull out your phone. Mm. And so TikTok is now, you know, the the youngest side of this scale. Arguably, TikTok is probably the the one d- doing the discipleship because everyone's being discipled by someone. Everyone's worshiping something. Mm. And so I would say now the South is, or even calling it the Bible Belt, is no longer a demographic that's relevant mm-hmm. to saying, because you live here, surely you know X, Y, and Z. Right. Because now, because I live in a developed nation, I also know A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I know every other piece of information about religion or someone else's spirituality that can be compared to it. Hmm. And so I think if you grew up in the South 20 years ago, your options were denominations. um, And the things you knew about maybe other extreme forms of spirituality that felt extreme to your cultural context in the South, like Islam or, you know, things like Ramadan or something felt very extreme for a denomination you may have been raised in. Mm-hmm. But now you're seeing every single form of spirituality across the board that people believe in the lives they live. You don't really have a, a, a standard for what's right and why, mm-hmm. or why hold, hold fast to these over these. So you're saying it's like a drunk, like a junk drawer that I'm sorting through and yes. kind of like, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm just swiping through. Well, swiping is probably better. Um, Even yeah. there, you can tell I'm 40. Yeah. You got your junk drawer, but you yeah. also have your apps. Junk apps? Your junk, junk apps. Older, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, confused is the way I would put it. Because you wouldn't know where to start mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as it pertains to spirituality and faith. Um, you might recognize a need or even just a curiosity. Mm-hmm. But going, all right, who's going to help me? And what presents the need may not have been what it was before, too. I mean, arguably, someone's mental health might present their need for spirituality. Mm-hmm. But which one's right now becomes a journey of testing out. Mm-hmm. Hinduism, maybe through yoga, um, or, you know, through whatever means that you begin experiencing a solution for your mental health might help you mm-hmm. pursue faith. Um, versus, as a kid, it may have been through a youth group. Mm-hmm. community something to do outside of school um, but maybe a different need now presents different opportunities for different religions and spirituality well and see maybe off of that our second thing is we'd say hey we, we feel like we notice and I'm not trying to put this on anybody but um, we would say they're starving relationally mm-hmm. um, and I heard that a little bit and what you were saying of like it, there's not a youth group maybe for them and or like a community so but mm-hmm. we're also more connected so i don't know yeah i mean if i'm leaving high school right now uh it's fair to say i might not consider college mm-hmm. youtube has been my teacher for the last 10 years yeah or master class ads i get on social media you know mm-hmm. um, or gary v you know there, there's different people who have championed success apart from a higher education that mm-hmm. has been linear. And 
now I've now left high school. Where do I find community if it's not the church? Yeah. It's probably a bar mm-hmm. if I'm not going to college. Yeah. Um, or, your, or your workspace, whatever, like. Or a gym. Or a gym. gym. Yep. Um, More clubs, right? Like, aside from the church, right? Like, but those, like, little cliques and clubs, like, where do you find that? Yeah, where do you find that? Maybe it's in sports, uh, like, going to an entertainment sports kind of club. Yeah. A Reddit subgroup. Reddit subgroup, but many things that are consumed and experienced if you're not in college, like just in your leisure time, are still on a device. Mm-hmm. Video yeah. games, um, video games especially for men. Yeah, you know those things are done as an individual with disconnected individuals from afar. Mm. Um, you know, we talk about social media and yeah, it connects us, but it's actually disconnecting us. Those kinds of things. Yeah, right. Uh, um, hurting emotionally. Yes. <laughs> it kind of says itself. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Period. Um, you know, most the the rate of suicides continues to go up every year. Yep. Um, which people don't realize, then that means they're victims of people to suicides that surround them as well. And so, you know, if, if more suicides are going up, then there's also people who have lost individuals in that. So that you're experiencing grief sooner than probably before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, things like that. Uh, the age at which people are beginning to not only seek medication for mental health, but just they're starting to take it sooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those kinds of things. Um, okay. So maybe along those lines, um, thinking about hurting emotionally, we'd also say lacking family. hundred uh, percent. I think previous generations would often talk about, the what has happened to the nuclear family and how that's affected mm. um, things uh, and uh, nuclear family being a, a family of four, right? Yeah, or just a family involving two parents, a mom and a dad. Yep, two point five kids. Two point five kids. Two point five. A Volvo, yep. white picket fence. Yeah, man. Retirement account. Men at work. Mm-hmm. Women at home. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of stereotypes within that. Sure. Good and bad. And so uh, now that has you know the quotes about how that was lacking in your generation. Now we're at you know, wave two yeah. of what that's like. So most people only know what it's like to have a single parent who's not in the home yeah. or, um, and maybe they're more responsible than their parents. Mm-hmm. Like I've encountered that a lot. Yeah. Maybe they're having to parent their parent in ways. Yeah. Um, maybe their parent never began working through emotionally the things that they experienced as a kid in a single parent home. And so, now you don't just have parents that are maybe emotionally abusive in some ways, but also emotionally just negligent completely. Um, mm. And so those have forced other areas of maturity or responsibility for mm. for my generation, I'd say too. Um, but yeah, lacking family and then searching for it in ways that you just wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. expect. Because I, it was, it was a, like, what's the word? Uh, it was shocking when I learned that my family was the exception mm-hmm. and the novelty as I was going through middle school and high school. And just like, I mean, I would hear of my friend's parents getting divorced in middle school and getting into high school to make new friends and they're divorced. Right. And then my best friend, both of his parents were divorced and remarried. Mm-hmm. And then it was, it was subtle. And then all of a sudden I realized, Oh, my parents who have been married, for decades on decades, right, is the novelty, which was shocking. You know, like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. 
uh, we were talking about this, thinking about it uh, as a church. And in the midst of that, Lauren and I were sitting somewhere out in public yeah. and uh, uh, we started talking. COVID was still, it was winding down a little bit. And I was talking to somebody who was sitting across from us. They started a conversation with us and they're a young adult just out of college, just actually about, I think, graduating. And uh, she was just asking us what we were doing. We, it was our date night. We were out without kids. Uh, she said, oh, you guys are married? I said, yeah. She said, how long have you been married? And I said, uh, 16 years. And as soon as I said that, every one of her friends around the table got really quiet. Uh, and I'll never forget because she looked and said, can you tell us how you, how you did that? Hmm. And it was like we were from another planet. And that's not because we're great. Like no. there are marriages that outlast that by far, but I was just struck uh, by the um, interest, honestly, in that conversation. Yeah. Uh, last one, stranded practically. I mean, I still suck at filing my taxes. <laughs> I often forget to file my taxes and file late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like very basic things like setting up utilities. I don't know things that that normally if if both parents are involved and one is at least available. They're just practical things that I feel like you're just taught. Uh, last weekend, I had the privilege of cutting a friend's lawn because they have no idea of where to start when it comes to lawn mm-hmm. care. Um, when it comes to just cutting the grass, a weed eater, knowing oil for your car, I don't yeah. know. Very things that I was taught along the way that I was told was essential when I was young, I didn't realize how essential it was until I was on an island of people who had no idea what Mm. to do. Um, And so it's not just a, hey, how do I use these tools? It's like they don't know these tools exist. Mm. Yeah. Um, To not to serve their needs, but they're figuring it out or just not not doing it at all. I mean, the house was completely overgrown with weeds. Yeah. um, I mean, yeah, like I literally had a conversation yesterday talking about, and this is a, this topic is a little bit, probably further on into a, into the season, but um, wanting to make uh, ourselves available for young adults to learn different skills and life skills and things like that, like as simply as re- replacing a tire, mm-hmm. right? And I was telling this young adult this, and, and she was like, I have no idea where to even start with replacing my tire. And she's she's comes from a great home and all that kind of stuff. It's just like the young adult like is expected to just get it. And to defense of anyone seven years older than me, seven years behind me, is that we are also forced to learn so many other things that either feel useless or the generation before just didn't have to learn. Yeah. PowerPoint. Yep. Outlook. I I would say people younger than me probably know how to code things better than myself. Mm -hmm. But for the amount of computer language I had to learn through school, it's still way more than people older than me. Yeah the amount of like coding I do in our project management system blows away the people that are older than 50 Mm. in the room. But my friends that work for tech companies, it would be a joke for for like what I actually have to do. And so there's a standard of what I have to know at a minimum that was not required in the last 30 Mm. years. I think that's funny. I just heard somebody say, so this isn't me, but somebody said that uh, younger adults feel about life skills the way that older adults feel about computer skills. Mm. So if you can imagine trying to tell your grandmother how to 
restart a program over the phone and all of the feeling that that brings to her, like it just, it's not working and frustration. Yeah. Like that feeling when it comes to parenting or marriage or relationship or just navigating life. Yeah. That's crazy. So there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of things that are guiding our heart towards this, so say nation, this group of young adults, young professionals. Uh, There's a lot that we're wanting to make ourselves available to as a church, as just believers uh, recognizing the importance of it. Um, We're not the only ones fighting for their attention, right? There's, it seems like everything and everyone is fighting for the attention of young adults. Do you, I mean, in your opinion, both of y'all, like, do you think there's a reason for that? Like, why, why would we be fighting for this group's attention? I'm a pastor, so I'm going to immediately go spiritual, which I think, yeah, like, I, I think we could talk a hundred different reasons, like whether it be money or power yeah, or like life, literally giving your life away to something, right? It's not a question of will you give your life away? It's will, will, what will you give your life away to? Yeah. And uh, I think Paul makes it pretty clear uh, as one of the first early missionaries of the Bible, he's going into these uh, other cultures. If anybody could say, oh, it's the culture, or, oh, it's the wisdom, or oh, he goes, hey, it's not against flesh and blood that we're fighting, but it's mm. actually against a spiritual thing. Yeah. And I think the largest commodity uh, that you have as a person is your attention mm. because your attention drives your affections. Mm-hmm. And if I have your heart, I have all I need. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. And say, you know, if it's a spiritual thing, busyness is like the idol of the time. Mm. Um, because it it's saying that my attention is to every, anything that, you know, I no longer have real control mm. on my attention yeah. when I'm busy. And I heard someone recently quote uh, two quotes about busyness. Couldn't tell you where they're from, but he said, you're busy it's because you're la- he said he was talking about himself he said i'm busy sometimes because i'm lazy mm. because i don't have the self-will to determine my own values my own disciplines and resist all these other things um and basically saying he's he he's busy for the sake of going through the motions of life and not having the will to control where his attention really goes and where it matters mm. um and i felt like that was of the the two ways that he said busyness was i don't recall the other one that was the most convicting um not for myself but i think that is also or like it was convicting to hear sometimes for myself but also because i think it's the most common mm. um to just allow our hearts to um just go about life whether it's our, and our phones our screen time whatever and and then i would also say uh you can't serve god in money yeah and mm-hmm. i don't think it's ever been easier to make money yeah well the word there's like mammon which means stuff yeah right Mm -hmm. like to accumulate stuff yeah not just accumulating information but like you can make money as a competitive video gamer you can literally make money without leaving your couch yeah nowadays and not to say that you can succeed at it but the opportunities to do it or to spend money yeah not just make money but in exchange of my attention for stuff we'll say um, has never been more accessible right. yeah. um, in my face uh, than before. I think the gospel, and maybe we'll get this a little bit further, like has a unique role because I feel like, and you could look at all those needs that we listed off and they're 
got a hundred different solutions for that. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, the reason that I care about reaching them with the good news of Jesus is that I think the good news of Jesus gives you um, a tool and a framework for every one of those categories. Yeah. Family, spirituality, um, wisdom, uh, et cetera. Emotional hurt. Yep. Community. I think there's there's two veins right there where like some of our listeners who are not young adults or just are also far removed from young adults, right? Hearing this, listening to us. And I think one thing that we they should take away just from that one little conversation we just had about their attention is recognizing that we are not the only ones fighting for that. Um, and that there's an importance in actually like pursuing that or, or may not pursue that, but really kind of take notice of like those, those young adults. And then for the young adults going, I would almost go, Hey, your attention matters, right? Like that's why everything's fighting for it. And so where you place your attention and your time, your busyness, any of it, right, is is vital to your own growth. And I would I would I tend to think spiritually a little bit, and maybe this is influenced by people in renewal movements. Uh, but I tend to think about young adults as like the canary yeah. in the coal mine of the spiritual culture. And so like if you want to know um where are we? What are our needs? Um, what is the spirit of God doing? I mean, you can ask him if he tells you awesome, let me know. Um, but I think, uh, one of the hearts for that generation is going as this generation's affections go. Yeah. So goes a a lot of the culture for the next 10 years. Mm. Now with the time we got left, right. Um, Michael, you've got a lot of history with young adult ministries, with investing in young adults as a young adult, right? And there's a question of going like, this is an, this is an easy answer, I believe, for you. Um, but at the same, but at the same time, I believe that this could also go into a little bit of that, that backstory for you in your own experiences of going. Is there one effective way of reaching this group, like for the gospel, for the kingdom of God, and what is that, right? If there is one. There is one way. I want to arguably say prayer. Um, well, but one I, other way besides prayer. Yeah. <laughs> it's just because I read a, I'm reading a book on prayer that's just challenging me right now. But I would say, I guess, across the last 10 years of following Jesus, and presently I feel as if I'm spending a lot more time with the upper range. Hmm. Uh, and like ministering to or walking alongside the upper range more so than before is being available and accessible to them Mm. no matter what. Yeah. Because uh, the young adult range can be very transient because they have so many different options. They have so many different opportunities in Atlanta specifically. There's so many different churches in Texas right now. It is even, I don't say it's even worse as if it's a bad thing, but analysis paralysis is very real in every church on every other corner with every other maybe mega church yeah. pastor has their own following has something else to offer that says this is the way that is better 
that may be a piece of the gospel, um, but it's one more thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you might find yourself working with young adults who are trying out multiple things and come back around to you. Yeah. And so that patience relationally to be available to them when they come back um, or just on their schedule, being accessible to them and available to them, um, I feel like in the last 10 years has been all of it. Because, mm. um, I mean, Jesus is always accessible to us. Word, his word is always accessible to us. Like it's modeled in um, who he is. It, and we talk about it here as, you know, discipleship is, you should quote it, not me. Uh, we would say staying one step behind Jesus and one step ahead of somebody else. If you can do that, you can disciple somebody. Yeah, and someone is not able to experience discipleship apart from relationship. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not a relation, if you can't, even if you're not good at it, if you don't challenge yourself to do the work relationally, then the gospel just will not reach that person mm-hmm. um, because relationship satisfies all of those. And every single one of those uh, needs that we listed with, uh, this people group being young adults, yeah. emotional hurt, family, um, you know, lacking family happens relationally at the table sometimes with married couples and kids. Mm-hmm. Um, life skills, changing a tire with them requires being available to them when they need it. Yeah. You know, um, it takes a margin of work that is uncomfortable to do relationally to reach this group of people because you have to be accessible when it's least comfortable to you or available to you when you, probably least expected or already wrote them off. Yeah. I think patience is huge. Like when you said that, I think about slow, like people talk about slow-mo evangelism or slow-mo discipleship. And what they mean is you're not just asking a question, praying a prayer. They're not, you're over time, patiently walking with someone, uh, challenging them, calling them back, being challenged yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah. When I was in college, it meant being available between classes or that maybe they're managing two jobs or maybe they're only on campus one day out of the entire week. And so it means I need to be available and accessible to them in their calendar. Yeah. Now as an, as an adult, you know, or in on the older range of the young adults spectrum, it means that some of these people are married and having kids. So it means I have to be accessible to them around the larger amounts of needs that they have. Mm. Um, and so you know, we see it with Jesus being incarnate, like the gospel being that he left heaven to enter our world. And so if there is an unwillingness or just a lack of ability to see their world and enter their world and be with them, then it's just that that would be what I would say is that relational patience and availability that has to be understood. Yeah. Um, I think one thing I would say to older people who are listening because uh, I'm a pastor and not everybody who attends here is a young adult mm-hmm. and we are not looking to become a young adult church. I've no. gotten that question yeah. so much. Um, I think what I would say to them uh, is two things. If you're sitting here and you're going, well, what about me yeah. asking that question? Yeah. Then I would say that then you know exactly what the question the young adults are asking. It's the same question. Mm-hmm. What about me? And the second thing I would say is, you know, as a church, we still do the things that the community of God does. Mm-hmm. Like in the same way that we would have a homeless ministry or emphasis maybe for a period of time, if we were surrounded by homelessness, um, we wouldn't stop Sunday services. We, would on, we wouldn't mm-hmm. only create a service for homeless people. Yeah. We, would, we would just begin to ask what are the needs and how can we in our community uh, best enter their world mm-hmm. with the goodness of Jesus. Yeah.
I, uh, uh, man, we didn't even get into Michael Phillips, your life or testimony or time. Okay. Um, you can always jump back in and record. Maybe she should have you back to hear that a little bit. Or that works. Do a part two. I think it'd be interesting for people to uh, know your life and hear kind of how you came to Jesus. Cause you had, you came to Jesus as a young adult. I came to Jesus as a young adult in college was starving emotionally, confused spiritually. Well, I was very determined that I knew yeah. that yeah. God was not real, and if he was, that he was not good. But I would say I, I was in all five of those camps yeah. Yeah. on your list. Um, and I would say the gospel and the Lord's bride, like the church, the gospel and the church satisfied and walked through healing and providing for all of those five mm. things in the last 10 years. Well, that's something I would like to hear about. Yeah, maybe. So I would say let's come back for that. Yeah. Right? If not today than another day um but recognizing that this really large conversation of young adult of of uh loving them and standing in the difficult intersections of life um kind of comes at the surface level of recognizing clearly what they need right it's Mm -hmm. with just digging a little bit right we see all of that and then there's this really deep version of like, because it's extremely relational, right? Like that really relational side uh, is helpful to discuss for like as a campus, as a church, we're going, how do we relationally connect with these people? It's important for us to hear that. And so, yeah, let's, um, let's come back for a part two um, if we can. Uh, but as it is today, Thank you both for coming on. Um, is there one last final statement as we've talked about like the needs, we've talked about defining young adults, the importance of it. Is there one last kind of statement from you guys on what that? I've got one. You want to go first? I don't have one except I would say thank you. I think I'd say thank you if you're to you, David, or even, you know, our Grace Church members when I think about like there's always been someone leading to step into that space mm-hmm. for myself or being able to watch an older person walk across the room and talk to a younger person and a younger person talk to an older person in a way that is rare um, and requires much humility and meekness that I think I've really been blessed by and I'm watching it uh, be the way at which I lead and stand out right now working with young adults in Texas. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I would say, uh, I would challenge whoever's listening, if you're not a young adult, uh, to pray for young adults and mm-hmm. actually actively start praying for a generation that maybe you had yet to consider mm-hmm. or maybe written off. Yeah, because I found that what happens is like when you start car shopping, you see them everywhere. I'm confident that if you're praying, that God will give you an opportunity to relationally enter their world. Yeah, great. Thank y'all. Hey, thank you so much for listening. For more information about how we're doing this as a campus, you can check us out online at towncenter.gracechurches.org EO3. Our prayer is that whatever moment you're in, you know that God can use you. We'll see you next time.